Hello, Bearcat fans, and welcome into another episode of the BCJ Podcast, presented as, as always by our great partners at the Holy Grail. Football season is basically here, week zero. This weekend, get down to the Holy Grail, check out your favorite college football team, meet up with Chad for the pit game in a couple weeks. Red, the Reds just uh, went over what Vegas thought they would do, so go celebrate 66 wins. Uh, get ready for another Bengals season, but uh, head on down there, get a cold beer, get a Cincy light, support the people that support us. Uh, it's been a great partnership with them, so you know, repay the favor and help keep the Holy Grail the place to be for all your Cincinnati sports watching needs. And with that... We're going to get rocking and rolling right away with our annual, now third annual visit from Deputy AD, Anthony DeFino. How are you doing, Anthony? Dave, thanks for having me. Doing great. Third one. Third one. Awesome. Pretty, pretty wild. I made when, it. When we say that out loud. But uh, a lot a lot has changed. A lot of, a lot, let's say a lot has changed in the three years. But, uh, you know, we were kind of talking before we started here about, you know, 10 days away from the home opener of the 2023 football season. And I'm sure you guys have everything exactly where you want it as of today. Always. We're always ready. Uh, it, it's, it's fun. This is my favorite time of year. Our staff is just grinding. Uh, we are making all the final preparations that we can. And I tell, I told my staff last, last night, we're never, we're never fully ready. We'll never fully be ready uh, because there's so many variables to, to a game day. But we're just we're excited. We're always pumped for this time of year. We're ready to finally have people back on campus. You know, you have that long hiatus where you're just looking out into the stadium and there's no one in there. And you're like, this is boring. Let's play football. So we're excited. So let's, we'll start here. I don't know how long it's been, but, you know, announced that season tickets – for the football season had been sold out um, or are sold out. And then I guess, was it today or yesterday? And a quick announcement about many plans coming soon. Just kind of give us quick, quick view of how you thought season ticket renewals and sales went and kind of where things are as we make that final push before the season. And, and if people are still looking to grab individual game tickets, you know, how many are left? Yeah, it's great to have uh, the fans uh, really come out and support for yet another year being sold out on season tickets. Um, you know, we'll we'll do our darndest to keep that sellout streak alive and uh, keep it moving in the right direction. I, th I think that's just a testament to our fans and um, how they come out every single week and have and just have so much energy and uh, bringing that into Nipper. Uh, you know, the mini plans we're we're pushing those. We held back on Oklahoma. Obviously, that's our Taylor Swift. Uh, it's always my correlation. That's our Taylor Swift uh, this year. And uh, we, we want to make sure, you know, for, for our sake, that our fans are getting their hands on that seat, not Oklahoma fans. So we, we want to make it. Uh, so we, we leveraged that game. Uh, for those that didn't want season tickets, um, they could get into some mini plans now and then eventually release probably the final a few handful of seats we have for that Oklahoma game on the, on a single game basis. And, you know, at that point, if we're, if we're out, we're out. Uh, we, we tell people to now go to our new partner, SeatGeek on the secondary, you know, fan to fan resale marketplace. And 
that's where you're going to be able to see some of those tickets listed uh, from our fans officially. So we're, we're happy about that partnership. I know a lot of people utilize uh, them as a primary market uh, ticketing app for uh, FC and a lot of people love it. So we're happy to make that transition and, and see how that goes this year. Have you guys noticed, obviously moving to the big 12 helps sell tickets just in and of itself, but and I know you compare numbers year over year, but like, have you noticed a big change and a big sell in non-season tickets to this point compared to this point going into last year? A little, you know, to be honest with, with the amount of um, tickets that we have to give our visiting team, it actually decreased from one conference to the other. So we had a little bit more inventory on the single game side that we were able to go out with. And, uh, the, the response has been phenomenal. Again, the season, we were able to squeak uh, a few more season tickets uh, into our inventory. Uh, the upgrade process, I, I think, went went mostly smooth. And our fans were able to get seats if they had their eye on, you know, two rows in front of them or, or kind of choose their own adventure if they want to go somewhere else in the stadium. Uh, but our single game sales have gone extremely well. I, I think we are a little ahead of where we were last year. Um, especially as you look at the conference games, you know, the, the Kansas game, if that were, let's, I don't want to bring up, you know, I think it was SMU last year. You know, if it was one of those games late in the season, we wouldn't be tracking as well. Um, you know, obviously holidays, weather, all that, but I mean, even that Kansas game is tracking pretty well for us on the back end. So that's a, that's a great sign for us. How many student tickets are there this year? And has that process started or how, you know, how's, how's that all going? Yeah, student tickets uh, on a season basis have been sold out. I think we sold out in less than two days. That's a great problem to have that our students are just, I think they're the best I've been around. Uh, when gates open two hours prior to the game, they're already starting to come in. Like That's that's awesome. Uh, name name a handful of schools like that. Uh, you could guess they're, they're usually the best in college football for that year and everyone else struggles. So we, we don't have that struggle, knock on wood, uh, but they're showing up. They're, they're bringing the energy. They're staying through halftime. They're doing all the things you want a, fan, uh, a student fan base to do. Um, we have a handful of, of seats left, you know, that we generally put on on a single game basis, kind of more of a lottery system now uh, to give. Uh, if you didn't get a season ticket, you have access to those, those single games. So that's roughly 100 to 200 seats per game. But we need our students to show up no matter what, uh, you know, to have 5,000 plus student tickets out per game you know that represents a, a large proportion of our uh stadium compared to others uh, and you know but they deserve it they show up and uh and they they stay there let's talk a little bit we'll get into in stadium and in-game stuff but any anything you want to highlight as far as new updated when it comes to tailgating pre-game festivities fan fan experience stuff like that yeah, you know we're we're excited to announce, and we've we've planted the seed for the past few days. But we've done over, and we are currently still completing over four hundred thousand dollars worth of uh, stadium concession upgrades. Uh, whether it is branding of stands, uh, pieces that fans may never see inside the stands, so some of the cookware. Um, and then speed lines, we're going to have a lot of, we're going to have one stand specifically, which is our highest traveled stand, uh, which will now be speed lines, which you're going to go through. You're going to grab your food. You're not going to wait for anybody to wait on you. You're going to wait on yourself and hit a register and go. 
Um, we're also putting, I think, anywhere between four and six self-serve beverage locations throughout the stadium and coolers. So you grab something out, out of the cooler, you just go and uh, there'll be two two machines there to check yourself out. So we're trying to get with a technology in a hundred plus year old stadium. Uh, so that's, you know, there are some, uh, there are some hurdles to get by, but we, we've made a conscious effort to really impact our fan experience through uh, how they look at food and beverage and that all those upgrades uh, will, will also go up into the West Pavilion. So in our suites and clubs, we, we've made some upgrades there. Presentation, quality of food. I, I really do have to praise our, our friends at Aramark. They brought in a new GM, uh, Gary. He is uh, he's on fire. He's just doing everything right. His 20 plus years of professional experience down in Tampa. Um, he was excited to come up here, take this role, pretty much a whole new staff. Um, so they've made the investment too, uh, cause we share our surveys with them. Uh, and you know, it's important that we do listen to our fans and these are things, you know, turn times, how long they're, they're waiting to get their food. Uh, we are going cashless. There will be opportunities for those that still want to use cash, but for, for the most part, we're going cashless to speed up, uh, speed up the lines a little bit more. Um, and really we're, we're looking at that experience when you're not watching football, what's happening. And that was our commitment this year to to work with Aramark and others to make sure, you know, where are our pinch points? Where are people getting slowed down in the concourse? Let's move let's move some of those um, walk through brews, as we call them, into areas where we want traffic flow to kind of deviate from. So we, we hope our fans find a different experience, um, a positive experience. But that's why we do surveying, because we want to hear how, how people feel about the, the changes we made. Our tailgating. We'll continue with the grid. Uh, Revel XP will continue to be our tailgate partner. Uh, you know, I, I, we, we got a late start with them last year, but I think they've hit the ground running uh, for, for this season. We've introduced uh, the tailgating at the commons. So you'll see a lot more activity up there, higher end tailgates, a lot of turnkey uh, tailgates where we hope you can just walk right into the stadium. We think it's a beautiful place to, to tailgate. And then uh, just announced this afternoon, by my boss, John Cunningham, is he'll he'll be doing an AD tailgate and uh, various um, constituents would be invited out. Certainly um, want to be a UCATS member, want to be a season ticket holder. Uh, you know, if you are a Cincy Reigns um, donor, certainly looking at inviting the, that group out. But we, we just want to be able to thank our fans and our donors from game to game and uh, interact with John, interact with his, his executive staff. Um, and get a few uh, hot dogs or hamburgers and chips on us, uh, you know, is, is a special way to say thank you for, for being with us over the last few years as, you know, we go and change conferences and we have everything else in the world happening. Yeah. Uh, but uh, really, it was our fans that got us here. And, you know, that's John's way of, you know, small way of saying, hey, th thank you so much. So we'll we'll get invites out there pretty soon. You touched on the, I was going to, you know, concessions and time of service and quality and stuff like that. I was going to get to, so thanks for hitting on that. And are there any uh, n new items, new vent, like new local vendors that are coming on board this year or anything you can, can let the fans know from that angle? Yeah. I, so we, we worked, um, we worked hard to work with our partner, Aramark. They've uh, reached out to a small company in Cincinnati called Rheingeist. I don't know if anyone's heard of them. Um, so they will be sourcing a new uh, beer in, in venue. Uh, I don't know if you heard, it's called Cincy Light. I've had a couple. Uh, so that's, um, you know, that's uh, in 
very important to Aramark to show that they're uh, working through that and making sure our fans have access to that. And it's just been awesome, right? Dave? I mean, you, you see the support that it, it's gotten and what Cincy Reigns has been able to do in partnership with Ryan Geist. Uh, we're, we're pumped for that. You know, Cincy Reigns did all the heavy lifting and, and Ryan Geist figured this thing out. And I think it's one of the fastest growing light beers in America at this point is, uh, you know, and, and that's just a great story to tell about our fans. And I, I, I think I read or someone sent me something about like a Xavier fan was drinking it and had no idea it supported Cincy <laughs> Reigns. And that's, that's all you could ask for. Right. So, um, you know, that, that's one piece of, uh, what we're aiming to do is just, we want to look at variety again. Gary has been phenomenal. Uh, we're bringing in this pretzel truck from Indiana, all, um, fresh baked pretzels on site that will be in our stadium, um, right, right in our, our venue. And it will be behind the student section, these big, like almost pound, they, they almost weigh a whole pound. Uh, and they're, they're the best pretzel I've ever had when we, we tested them. Uh, so we're hoping that, you know, something like that drives some more energy in that student section. And lastly, uh, Gary had this idea. Um, he calls it the big cat sandwich. So anything fun like that, uh, they're putting a chef in stadium view cafe, kind of where the bridge is underneath the video board. Uh, you'll have some specialty items. I think that the way he portrayed it to me, it was like a half pound Reuben sandwich or pastrami sandwich. Uh, he's like, you're from New York. You should know what that's all about. <laughs> and I'm like, Gary, I, I, it's just not my thing, but he, uh, they, they crafted it. We did taste tests and it was awesome. So he's like, yeah, this whole pound sandwich will feed two people. They're going to love it. Uh, so I think check out stadium view cafe. They're going to have a lot of secret, uh, menu items and things floating through there testing a few things and uh i'm like hey gary if this is a hit then you know you have to get that at every stand he's like oh yeah well let's start there see our <laughs> fans like it but that you know gary is creative he he and his staff and and the chefs are are doing a phenomenal job really challenging themselves to you know let's get the staples done right but then let's give a little bit something extra you mentioned the increase in kind of the self-service or grab-and-go stations will that impact at all the number of like in in aisle in stadium sale points of sale to my knowledge they increased the number of point of sales by another 75 or so uh whether it's the hawkers or the portables or uh at those hard stands but uh another 75 to 100 points of sale uh and if if you know the concession game a little bit, they truly do run off of nonprofit organizations. Mm -hmm. I think we've had six to eight new nonprofit organizations sign up, it's awesome. um, which is, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. You know, it's, it's just the hard work they've put in to make the experience a little bit better and, and really pouring into the personnel of, of um, their operation. Uh, so I, I could tell you, I see smiles on their workers' faces. Um, they're, they're happy. Uh, with all the changes, they're excited about the changes. I think they're proud of all the changes. So again, when when our fans come up to that window and order something, you know, I, I think hopefully the fans see all the hard work that they put into this. And you might not, right? A hot dog's a hot dog. And you're just there to get a hot dog. But uh, for those for those keeping track at home, there will be some changes. Um, hopefully, will be appreciated. Locally sourced food. You know, the chef is big on that. Let's let's get as many Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana products in here and support locally. 
uh, local farms, local products. And, you know, that, that's been uh, something they've been really sharp on. For the grid and Shakely Lawn, anything new you want to touch on there from a food truck, stuff for families, you know? Yeah, so the, the grid will be pretty much running the same. I, I think there will be a, a band or DJ, our marketing team has been pretty, working pretty hard on uh, kind of figuring out those last minute details. Um, you know, bands always cancel on you, so you always have the DJ on backup, right? Um, Shakely Lawn, you know, like the spring game, we thought the spring game was fun. It was engaging for families. So those games where we probably have some more families targeted to come in, like an EKU, uh, your 3.30 start, um, you know, we're looking to do some more of that carnival style type feel, you know, have some of those games out for kids. But that's where John's uh, AD tailgate will be. Uh, so we'll kind of split that in half, put the AD tailgate out that way. And then also have um, we'll have the big screen on on Shakely as well. So uh, once John's tailgate ends, the goal is to open up that area it will be under a tent. It will be high top tables. We'll open up that area from a private party type invite only to, hey, it, it's a beer garden. It's whatever you want it to be. Go find a table, relax, you know, check something out on the big game during the game. Because inevitably, if you have a kid, you know, you're going to be on Shakely running after that kid and you still want to catch the game. Uh, so, you know, our, our goal is to really make it um, a uh, flexible space on game day and not really have things that you have to do there but if you want to go there you can still run around i think that's the beauty of that space it's so flexible going inside the stadium to in-game entertainment is there anything with whether it's on the video board with out-of-town scoring stats um the way commercials are going to be run anything that fans will notice that's different from last year or even the last couple years yeah well dave i i you said I what twenty minutes, thirty minutes. Yeah, I could go on all day because that is my favorite part of the job is trying to get that right. Um, over over the summer, uh, we we shifted some personnel around. So Connor Boyle, who's been uh, just a, he's probably the best motion graphic person I've ever been around. Um, he was kind of dabbling in our board space, and now he's just taken over the big boards altogether, from from graphics to how it engages. We, we bought some new software. We're gonna roll it out slowly. Um, it's it's a board that we could show social interactions. We could do a little bit more with our fans. Um, definitely a different experience as we, we get that thing up and running uh, full tilt. But I, I'd say that's probably more by the Oklahoma game because uh, it's not something you could just sit there and test if you don't have 30,000 people in the stadium. So you, you kind of, you, you play around with it. And, and Connor is a genius. So Connor's also, uh, working with audio techs, we're looking at how the speakers are pointed, what the ba- what, what all the levels are. Um, you know, we're we're not going to get other speakers in the other end zone to go surround sound. So Connor's been working for the last three months with with our providers to ensure um, we're getting the audio right. Now, at the end of the day, it, it's not going to be perfect. It will never be perfect. When we look at surveys two people in the same section. One will say it's too loud. One will say, I can't hear it. Um, you know, and they might both be true. So, uh, you know, we, we are going to be uh, very conscious about how sound is coming out of our speakers. We're working really hard with campus um, to ensure that we could get some closed captioning in, in the building. So uh, that's, that's on the top of Connor's list as well, because we know that's helpful to, to a lot of people. 
Um, Trevor Toll, who came over from ESPN that we hired as our executive producer, uh, when he's not doing our ESPN Plus games or doing our linear games for us, he is producing everything that you're going to see on the video board, kind of in concert with, with Connor and our marketing team led by Stanley, uh, Marissa, and Brad. So that, that group of five has been tied at the hip. They've been working on this thing all summer. Um, I just I, I get to jump in like the jerky director from time to time and be like, well, let's have more uh, guest interaction. <laughs> and they're like, oh, not at the 12th hour, dude, or the 11th hour. So um, like get him out of the room. Get Anthony out of the room. We got this. Have but, you guys uh, thought about this? Yeah, sure well, they, that's what they love when you come in and say that. That's where I'm at. And then they just lock the door when I leave to go get water. But for the most part, you know, there it's going to be a fun show. We're we're gonna we're gonna try to introduce some pieces as this goes. Trevor's new, Stanley's new, uh, but being new doesn't really. It's not an excuse. Being new is they need to feel it. They need to feel that first game energy and be like, okay, we need three game hosts. We need three RF cameras, which are radio frequency cameras you you put out throughout the stadium. Uh, we didn't have those things before. Uh, you know, we, we couldn't get to that level. So I think we're, we're going to be more on the pro side as we um, continue down this track and, and Trevor gets used to what a game day in Nippert is like. I told him it's the, it's the greatest thing you're going to be around. Like it's so energizing. It's fun, but you have a job to do and that's to interact with our fans as much as possible with a game host. Um, the, the days of having a PA just kind of yell at you throughout the whole game and our PA is phenomenal, but let's get some different voices in there. Let's get some different video elements with our football players. I think you saw some of that sprinkled in last year, um, but let's really lean on that. Uh, we're, we're trying to cut down on the commercials. Uh, it's just part of the deal. And, and you know, when, when you're trying to make money, yeah, it, it keeps the lights on. Um, but we're, we're, we're happy with where we're going to land for game one. Uh, but really, you know, seeing how this technology will interact with when you have 40,000 people in the building, uh, you know, we really want to lean on some of that software we we bought into and see how that plays out. And I, I can't tell you, feedback after game one is the most important. So, you know, if you're in a section, you get the survey and, and literally the audio is not where you need it to be. Um, that's going to be big for us because we have made some adjustments and we need to continue. Audio is not something we could set it and forget it. Uh, it's something that you literally need to tinker with in game. If you see people with those iPads at concerts, like behind in the pit, like they're literally tinkering with audio all game long. Uh, so those are things that are important to us. We heard it on surveys and we want to continue to get better. A couple things I know are always discussed. Wi-Fi and in out of town scores. I know that whole thing. That, I know a little bit enough about the out of town scores to say something that's wrong but kind of, you know, update us on where you think things are in those two areas. Yeah. So, okay. Totally transparent. The out of town score piece was uh, a vendor we utilized. It was tough to keep up with. Sometimes it wouldn't connect network activity, all that. No excuse. Right. But if we bring it back in house, which we did, we're able to do it manually. Now where you should see a little bit more creativity about how we're going to bring those to the forefront. Uh, that software we invested in is able to update um, and we're up, we're able to update it manually. So I think you'll see some more out of town scores. Um, you know, the, the Wi-Fi I think is getting better. We're constantly working with IT and network professionals on campus to ensure it's getting better. And, um, you know, again, those are things. If you're sitting in Section 101, it might be better than 129. And we just need to know. 
you know, when, when you fill out a survey, uh, if you actually put your section, we're able to continue to target and, and start seeing trends in those sections. So um, I, I can't, I can't stress enough, Dave, and this is three years straight of saying we're, we're here to listen and, and then respond. And uh, those surveys after game one, you know, year one for us, we were able to make a lot of changes <laughs> between game one and game two. Um, and then, you know, even last year, we were able to make some smaller changes in, in between the same time frame. So we don't want to screw up a night game, game two. Uh, so we, we want to hear all the feedback after game one. For the uh, premium seat sales kind of, Top level, how how's that going? And then, what opportunities are still available for fans that that you want them to know about? Very few opportunities. Um, That's good. I, I think our biggest opportunity is on the field suite level. We I believe sold five out of our eight full seasons down there. Um, two of them were left uh, unsold on a season intentionally so we could do single game purchases, get some sampling down there because it truly is not it, it shouldn't just be a season ticket holder thing. Uh, you you want to get down there. You want to bring your company out. You want to be on the field for when someone's catching a touchdown literally in your suite. Uh, so that that's again in partnership with with our guys at Revel because they were able to bring in. Um, all the trussing and, and build it and uh, they took on a lot of the expense but uh, we're we're happy with them you know be loaded with a tv drinks access to food all inclusive um cash bar type deal but at the same rate um your our suites are sold out our loge level or patio suite sold out um i think there might be two seats that remain in our club level sold out so uh, you know we'll release you know, like any good ticket office, we have four or five holds just, just in case. And then we'll release those, you know, on game day or the day before game day. But, um, you know, certainly truly rooftop that area. There's some, there's some hope there. If you're trying to get in the premium areas, that's another place, great place to sample. You want to bring someone out from your business You grab four seats up there. That's all inclusive. Uh, so I, I think the premium side of things we're really happy with and uh, the field suites is something that if you haven't been down there, um, if you own a company, go buy, go buy a game. If you work for a company, go beg your hiring, uh, your HR manager or your marketing team to be like, hey, we, we need to bring 15 people and we're going to go sit on field to do that. It's just a different experience. It is awesome. I agree. Got to do it. Uh last year for the Kennesaw state game, it was, it was pretty, and that was, I'm, I'm sure it's much, much better now. That was, I think the first, the first go of it. So you guys have had a year to, to fine tune it. Um, anything else football wise that, that people need to know about? I got a couple other, not football things, but you know, anything else? We, we love the feedback and you know, we're, we're putting in all these changes Appreciate everyone's patience, and uh, I really do think that the concession piece will will be a help to to everyone. And uh, yeah, the amount of employees and personnel they're putting into that, I just want to say we heard everybody, and uh, we're trying to get better there. How are uh, basketball? We'll go to basketball real quick. Basketball sales and and anything new you want to say real quick on that? Well, I mean, obviously this is a big football show, but um, for given the time period, but anything yeah. basketball related that fans need to know about? Basketball is great. Uh, men's and women's basketball. So women's basketball, um, you know, I think our, our sales are, are doing 
pretty well. They're, they're pacing where they were last year, a little, little bit ahead of pace. I, I really encourage people to get out and watch, watch that team. Uh, Trina's doing great. She's such a great coach to be around high energy loves you see, um, you know, that, that team specifically needs that support out of the gate. And, uh, I think we're starting to see people, uh, really buy into that program. Season tickets have, have been going well, uh, courtside, uh, I believe we're almost sold out on, on, on courtside. And then on the men's side, we're, we're doing extremely well. I mean, it's, it's big 12 basketball. So, you know, I know Wes has a, a good roster he's put together. They're, they're going to be exciting to watch. Uh, and as you look at uh, just what you're going to get at the back end, you know, once January one and beyond hits, you're, you're going to get the best basketball in the country night in and night out. And uh, you know, we, we, we've worked hard to put a competitive non-conference schedule together, which will include a, a few extra home games uh, that we'll, we'll announce here uh, hopefully soon. But uh, from a season ticket standpoint, we're ahead of pace. We're, we're ahead of last year. Uh, you know, really everything that we have available is, is upper bowl. And, uh, you know, we, we will make an effort to do more group sales, you know, bring, bring prices a little bit lower in some of those areas. So people can experience big 12 basketball. So think youth basketball teams, you know, things that we, we want to ensure that we're, we're not, uh, outpricing anybody in the market. So I think from top to bottom in the arena, we've priced ourselves pretty fairly for what we're, we're about to walk into. And uh, honestly, it's the, the student section that will drive a lot of our games. Um, we, we need our students to show up. We're, we're doing a, a lot of things to ensure that we are continuing to engage them all through their, you know, 16, 17, 18 games. Um, and, you know, our fans feed off their energy. So Wes has made an important note to me saying, our students need to be going 110% all game long because he knows that that kind of that energy kind of circulates throughout the arena up and down. And, uh, you know, we're still working on a lot of our marketing pieces on how we engage our fans, how, you know, last year you, you saw probably a little bit more use of an MC and, you know, that's something we want to bring to all of our sports. So volleyball this weekend, you'll, you'll see a little bit more of that. Uh, but we're we're excited with where this is going. Our fans have responded, and uh, certainly having that help with our fan base across all of our ticketed sports is is phenomenal. Last question I have is just the overall Big Twelve impact on your marketing campaign, just as a department, and what that is allowing you guys to do. Whether it's more TV, more radio, more digital, more social, like how. How has that piece kind of let you expand um, how you're reaching out to the diehards that are going to be watching this live, but also to the people that maybe are going to go to one basketball game this year? That's a, that's a tough question because it spans everything, right? And our, our team has done a great job, Ben Hofstetter specifically, working with the Big 12 to ensure – Hi, Chad. Um, Hi. <laughs> you just walked in on a really tough question. You might have just saved me. Uh, no, Ben has done a great <laughs> job working with the Big 12, uh, really keeping the communication between Cincinnati and the Big 12 and what they're looking to do um, wide open. And uh, with, with the Big 12 specifically, that brand alone and 
how uh, the commi commissioner your mark has been aggressive in his pursuit to making this the best league in America. Um, you know, that that's helpful for us. It motivates us a, as a staff. It motivates us. It allows us to be creative. Uh, your team uh, went down to Big 12 meetings, met with all the other schools a few months ago. They brought in some social media experts talking about how we should engage the brand, our brand with Big 12 brand and our brand in general. Uh, you know, content is king, as they always say. And, you know, taking that back, I think hopefully you've seen a little bit more on social, a little bit more ele elevation, especially as we play off the Big 12 uh, and their brand. But the, the league's given us so many opportunities out of the gate to to do some creative things and, and, and showcase what our brand can do as well. But your Mark and his team have, have done a phenomenal job just putting in us in that position. And uh, it's so much fun to work with with the commissioner's office because, I mean, they are they are full go. There is no take a deep breath. We're going to take the summer off. And, you know, I think our our, our team has really uh, taken that energy, applied it on their own. And this is the first summer I could tell you, they're like, wow, we are we're burnt out <laughs> in a good way. But we're motivated to continue to keep going because that's what it takes. Like you think about an apparel change, you think about a conference change, you think about how NIL is impacting, you think about the launch of um, really Cincy Rains and Cincy Light and how we, you know, day one ready tour and how, how we're fundraising. We didn't stop. Uh, some departments might've taken off. We, we did not stop. And it, it was fun to see our staff just really enjoying this because these are the moments where, you know, they're not in front of the curtain taking the bow. They're the ones behind it. And uh, they're excited that, they just they're happy to be a part of it i'm happy to be a part of it we we love what we do um and we'll continue to do whatever we can because we're stewards for the program it's our fans and donors program and you know th that's it we're, we're just happy to continue to work on on our fans behalf and that brand though in the big 12 i mean if you believe in a power four or power three it, it really puts us in the position and you know like like John will say, uh, I think he said this on his coffee with Cunningham, like we just have to continue to put ourselves in a position uh, to stay on the right side of this because we never know if it's done. So our work can never be done. It will never be done. You know, we tell our donors, you know, since he reigns and NIL support is imperative. It's keep the lights on type stuff. Uh, but if you believe that it's truly rooted in helping our student athletes, then you know, that's, that's it. We're here for them. And if we could help um, connect our student athletes to corporations and as our brand grows, so will theirs um, and the corporate brand, you know, what I think we've, we've missed out of the gate across the country is this, your, the NIL and collectives are helpful, but the corporations need to start connecting with student athletes across the country one-on-one -on -one. And, and telling their brand story. And um, it's not about how many followers they have, but if they have a great story to tell, which I think we have a ton of great student athlete stories to tell on our campus, it's finding the right partner for them. And that's true NIL. You know, that, that is exactly how it should work. Um, so whether you're a donor who might personally believe that NIL isn't for them, but you work for a company that could really parallel and intersect with one of our student athletes, then that's what that's what it is, right? That's exactly what NIL was built for. But at the end of the day, we need that support. Um, 
you cats, since he reigns, doesn't matter. We're, we're going into a league where we're playing behind by $20 million a year. <laughs> we're playing catch up. Um, and, uh, I, I think John Wells tell you we're, we're happy being the underdog. We, we will continue to punch above our weight class. You know, we, we sped this thing up by an entire year, Dave. Um, you know, we thought the entry was 2024. It's 2023 now. Uh, you know, so the recruiting classes have to catch up. The coaches have to catch up. Uh, so we're, we're happy to be in this position, but you know, we're going to be tireless. We're going to wear people out. We get it. But NIL UCATS donations go a long way in the next 18 to 24 months as we try to sustain until we're in that, uh, you know, media deal in 25 and beyond. I had a, I had a user submission. The people want to know, will they be able to buy 16 ounce cans of Cincy light at the games? Um, I stayed out of the negotiation between Aramark and our, our vendors. I, I don't know that answer. I will try to get that answer, but I believe um, if you believe Gary, he just told me it's going to be everywhere. So uh, 16 ounce, 12 ounce draft. He just tells us to be everywhere. So um, that's a great question. That I just don't have the answer to because I wasn't in the room as they try to hammer out kind of what they were purchasing. I, I know you probably don't know the exact numbers, whatever, but what has been kind of the, it, it feels like the response has been kind of overwhelming on rolling out Cincy light, like from behind the scenes have, the sales matched and we have a message board thread that people are just like, I got it here. They have two cases left and 10 minutes later, somebody's on the message board. Like, no, they don't. I just went and got it. I, I am not in tune um, with that side of the business. That is since he reigns deal with Ryan guys through and through. I, know. I just didn't and know if you had like, if you had heard like how, yes. Yeah. Ballpark it's going um, the ballpark. I heard it's going amazing. And, you know, for, for us to hear that, I mean, look, you have the name of your city on a beer can. <laughs> it, there's no bear cap branding. There's not like, so if, if you don't know, you're still supporting us somehow, <laughs> but um, you know, uh, Chad, you might've missed that. I said, you know, if a Xavier fans drinking it, they have no idea. Um, so I think you see it. It's cool. It looks, it looks hip. Uh, but all the reports back are, that it's yes, it's 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 good tasting from what I hear, and the sales are going phenomenal. So I, I just hope that keeps up. It, this will end up being a game-changing partnership for Cincy Reigns, and hopefully for Ryan Geist. And that's that's a, awesome. Well, I think you crushed it, Dave. I, I I got here a little bit ago, but you were doing so well. I just I just let you keep cooking. That's why you pay me the big bucks. It is. Yeah. But uh, thank you, Anthony, and uh, if you can, I know you get your busy on game days, but come on up to the top of campus green and have some jello shots at the Simone family tailgate and, and uh, you know, get, get ready for uh, a, a great 2023. Thanks again, and we always appreciate you coming on and kind of giving everybody the updates and what to look forward to. So, uh, yeah, look forward to seeing you. I'm sure I'll see you around the stadium sometime this season. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you for having me and have a, have a great rest of the night. Thank Thanks, you, Anthony. Appreciate right. you. Thank man. you. Absolutely. Take care. There you go. Anthony DeFino. Did, did you do the uh, team ticker ad read? No. Okay. Uh, just did I Holy, just Holy Grail and went right into. Okay. 
End of the segment. Um, all right. Well, two things. This this might impact you, Dave. They it's not UC specific, uh, but they are live with Michigan State now. So they also have oh. a Michigan State team ticker. They have one that is the uh, mascot, and then one that is like the Sparty, like like or the you know the the logo. I have. Uh, I will let several people know because I am in touch with multiple Michigan State fans. I know. I know the Michigan. The Sparty is strong in the Simone household. That's right. Um, so yeah, Michigan State is live. You can find them at TeamTicker.com, uh, and they have again two designs, much like. Uh, the UC, uh, and I was supposed to have a picture of that, but my phone is not anywhere in the vicinity. So um, maybe by the end of the show, I'll go get my phone and give you a look at uh, at the Team Ticker. But as you know, Team Ticker is a one-of-a-kind sports sign for Bearcat fans. If you're looking for a perfect addition to your man cave or a gift for that special Bearcats fan or to spruce up your dorm room, go to TeamTicker.com and pick up your Team Ticker today. It's easy to hang with the provided hanging kit. It plays the fight song at game time. It's got a high-tech retro-looking display. You can see mine right there. Aaron's got the Bearcat hanging up in his room. Uh, so make sure – there you go. And there's mine. Make sure you are supporting the folks. Thanks, Aaron. That's your, your Vanna White was impressive. Make sure you're supporting the folks that are supporting us. And that brings us to – the timestamp, and the timestamp, as always, is uh, brought to you by Turtles Brew. Zero sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free, bourbon-infused sweet tea. It's got cherry lime, raspberry peach, orange vanilla. There's 50 locations, more than 50 locations in greater Cincinnati. All you have to do is visit turtlesbrew.com for more information and locations. Uh, a portion of the proceeds go to Save the Turtles. The sea turtles, not just any turtles, the sea turtles. And they're in Toledo as well as Cincinnati, now expanding also into central Ohio. All right. Yeah, Wayne, I uh, had a chance to, to chat with Smokey and the boys from uh, Sikkim 365 on my way between uh, practice and volleyball. So it's always, uh, always a, a treat to get to talk to my guys with 365 they, they, they asked me my take on like the uh your mark today uh taking the shot at texas yeah and i said i said look the only thing that cincinnati cares about on black friday is that we don't have to go to greenville that's it <laughs> that's all cincinnati cares about what do you think about black friday do we have to go to greenville no awesome awesome let's go <laughs> well, yeah. If it ends up being a Kansas thing every year, Lawrence has never looked so good. It's not Greenville. <laughs> uh, absolutely yeah. not Greenville. Um. All right. What What else you want to talk about today, Dave? I don't know. Were you are at uh, Were you at practice today? I was. A lot of install today. Today was heavy, 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 heavy install. So I thought, there, I thought we were, we were only you're only going to be there Tuesday and Thursday. They changed up this week. Gotcha, gotcha. It's Wednesday and 
Thursday now. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So yeah, we, we sat and watched. Well, it, it wasn't at least it wasn't hot or anything. I was in the uh in the uh <laughs> on field suites for yeah. about ninety percent of the day today. It was it was hot. <laughs> it was it was real hot. Even sitting in the shade. Oh it was hot. Yeah. Tomorrow's gonna be so, worse. Yeah, we'll be there again tomorrow. I will be back at the exact same spot. Uh, in the, that is the game day suites on the field. Some serious dedication. I'll be there, uh, but there's not. I mean, obviously, even when they go eleven on eleven now, there's not a lot we can talk about because no. we're in prep. So um, I, I'll tell you this: there weren't many people uh, over on the side with the uh, yellow, conditioning crew. Yellow and there jerseys. There weren't a lot of guys in yellow jerseys. That's so, good. Um, you know, D. Wiggins was was back in his crispy white jersey today. Uh, they're 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 knock on wood because we've done this before and said, man, they're healthy coming out of camp. And then three days later, Charles McClellan, McClellan and James Wiggins, yeah, uh, had each had a torn ACL. So I'm not doing the whole uh, Joe's gonna Joe's gonna have his first healthy training camp thing. Yeah. Where everybody was like, oh, Joe's going to have his first healthy training camp. And then 14 seconds later, he hasn't been seen since. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to do that. But like uh, At the FC Cincinnati game tonight. Yeah, I think last I checked, they were up 2 nothing. It's lovely. Messi, you know Messi's going to drop two in here real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else you got? What do you want to talk about today? Um, I don't know. I obviously have the our big season preview right. uh, pod next week. I did like your guys, um, your topic the other night from the board about the. You want to M- get yours? The MVP. That was a that was a fun one to listen to. You want to give yours? Uh, sh- sure. What were the categories again? Uh, let me pull it up. Uh, MVP. 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 Most valuable, not best. He did right. have some most valuable. <clears throat> Top newcomer, freshman or transfer, and then breakout performer, someone that's been in the program uh, but becomes an every game name that we discuss. Okay. One on offense, one on defense for each of those categories. Okay. Um, I mean, MVP – Offensively, I feel like I'm going to go the non-Emory Jones category because I I feel like that, I mean, that's, you know, if they have a good season, it's more than likely going to be. Because uh, Emory Jones played well. Yeah. Had, 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 had a lot to do with it. So yeah. I guess I, this is my, this will coincide with my bold take, which I feel like now's as good a time as ever. I'm going to say Miles Montgomery rushes for over a thousand yards this year. The only thing I think that will be interesting on that is how much of the is of a split is there right. between he, him and Corey. Yeah. If it's 50, 50, either and, one of them getting to a thousand. How much in how much does Emory run? Yeah. Because I mean, if you look, if you look at Louisville's rushing numbers over the last several years, They've had, their main running back has not had 200 carries, 
right. but has been anywhere from probably on like the low end. Like one year, Malik Cunningham ran for over a thousand yards. So their 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 leading rusher from the running back position was on the low end in like the five hundreds, but then. Last year, Tyon Evans might have been in the 800s or whatever, and then because Cunningham was hurt, didn't rush as much. Um, so, if you know, if Emory ends up running for 600, 700 yards, and that that whole idea goes out the window, if he's more in the 300 to 400 range or something like that, then I think it would be more possible. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I mean they've all, and. Coach Satterfield has they have had the propensity to use several ball carriers. So it's this isn't going to be a situation where Miles will get twenty carries in a game more than likely on average. Um, but the top running back for Louisville over the last several years, like I said, has been in the hundreds carry wise, and has always been over five yards, six yards, even seven yards a carry. Yeah. So and with his I mean, and that's just why I think. I mean, he could have 11 carries for 120 yards, you know, something because like Because he hits one, yeah, he hits a 60-yard yeah, yarder. And I was, I was watching – they actually had on ACC Network today, they had on their game against UCF last year and then their game against Pitt last year. And the Pitt game was kind of middle of the season, and they threw up a stat. And I, was trying to, I was trying to find it for the whole season, couldn't. But they were 13th in the country at that point in – 30-yard runs and 40-yard runs. So, you know, they're going to – the offense is set up in a way to generate some some explosives in the run game, and I think Miles fits that fits that quite well. Um, defensively, I know what you and Aaron said, Deshaun Pace, Dante Corleone. Um, Grashik is, I'm, is I'm gonna, a possibility – I'm gonna um, I'm gonna go a little off the board, and I'm gonna say a Brian Threats for my my defensive MVP because I feel like we we know a lot about the front seven, especially yeah. the, the down line. We feel like we are good with Sammy and Jordan Young, but I feel like if Threats has takes his game up a notch, then that then that back part of the defense. You really now have all three levels that you feel feel really good. good about, and yeah. and he he's going to have opportunity. I think he's going to have opportunities to make plays because, you know, I noticed in the games that I was that were I had on today, there were several interceptions where they brought pressure on the quarterback, literally just arm punted it. Yeah, and there's just a guy sitting back there, you know, waiting to catch it, and he could be in that type of a situation where he ends up with four, five, six interceptions, you know he's going to tackle. You know he's going to be all over the field. Right. Um, so, Did you hear Nico last night? Yeah. So, where like, he said he runs like 200 yards more. 2,000. Or 2,000 yards yeah. more per practice yeah. than everybody else. Monday night. Or Monday night. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know what day. Well, it is, I listen. Aaron. It takes me three days to listen to that podcast, so it was less. Well, but Nico would be the first half part <laughs> know, of the listen. I know, I know. I'm joking. Um, um, but yeah, so two thousand yards more of practice than anybody. That's bananas. But he's right though. Anytime there's like a play, he's running across the field, running yeah. down the sideline. You know, he's got juice. Yeah. 
Yeah. So what what was the what was the next one? The newcomer? Uh top newcomer, freshman or transfer, offense and defense. Well, I don't I don't think many freshmen are gonna No, there's only ten. See the field. There's um, only ten. I'm gonna go offense. Uh I'm gonna go Luke Candra. Okay. I think, you know. John Williams is not a newcomer. Tinsley's not a newcomer. I feel like the offensive line, you know, if this offense is going to be successful, it's going to be on them and Emory Jones. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if they can have as, str- as strong of a middle as we think that they can have, I think Luke Kander will play a big part in that. He knows the offense better than anybody. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they kind of leaned on him in the run game to start start the year, and and we'll see what uh, what kind of uh, you know success they can have. Yeah. Defensively, let's see what have you guys said. Did, what? Who was your offensive newcomer? Sorry, Kendra. Okay, that's right. Okay, you guys said last what, last night or whatever night that was. You guys said Greshik and. Dorian Jones, is that right? Uh, those were the two defenders, and then offensively, I took uh, Braden Smith and uh, Aaron took Xavier Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. So defensively, um, I guess I'll say Jordan Young. Yeah, I mean, he came on at the end of camp. He kind of it was a little he was a little quiet early, but then I thought you know the last four or five days he was really good. Agree, agree, and and like you know, you know what you're gonna get. Teams are gonna do. They're you know, how how much are they really gonna just try to run the ball between the tackles? Right. So they're probably gonna come out and throw at least to see you know, test test this new defense, test the corners, test the safeties. So oh, and it's the Big Twelve. They throw the football. Oh yeah, they all well, they, they they run the ball a lot too. That's they the do, thing, but they throw the football. There's, it's quite a balanced offensive attack from, you know, UC's Almost getting the entire league. Yeah, it's there's there's just as not just as many, but there's a lot of top twenty five rushing teams uh, that I think fans probably don't. They think that it's just still like Cliff Kingsbury uh, at Texas Tech and Oklahoma's airing it out, and it's like it's well, no, yeah. we we talked about this, Dave. What are teams doing? They're saying okay. You're gonna go light, like you're gonna you're gonna put lighter defenders yeah. in the box and or and around the line of scrimmage. We're gonna run. You're gonna have to stop us. You're gonna have three down linemen. You're gonna have a hybrid linebacker safety. Like okay, all right, stop our run game. Yeah, like I mean, just UC schedule. Oklahoma's pretty balanced. BYU is gonna run the ball. Iowa State's gonna run the ball. Baylor's gonna run it. Oklahoma State's pretty balanced. UCF's the top. 10 top 15 rushing team every year. Houston's probably more throw. West Virginia's got a really good back and Kansas has a really good back and a really good quarterback that can run. So, I mean, we're, we're going to play some teams that are going to run the ball. So, or at least try to, and if that doesn't work, then they're going to test the corner. So I'll go Jordan young there. And then uh breakout player. Is that right? Talk for a second. Yeah. Uh, breakout. No. Yeah, breakout guy that's already yeah 
on the roster. I'm going to run out to my car and see if my phone's out there. I'll be right back. Okay. Uh, breakout player offensively, I'm going to go Shimon Mater. Good choice. Uh, I don't believe either of you guys said him. Is that correct? Uh, we did not. Um, the guy who had the original post did okay. as well. Yeah, but. I think, you know, we've talked a ton about the wide receivers <laughs> because of the newness to the position. And I don't think that Shimon's been like a forgotten guy. You know, there were several times he was highlighted for for plays. But I think when you watch Louisville, whether it was Marshawn Ford last year or other guys that Satterfield has had, they, they do definitely feature the tight end. And, you know, he's made a point to not call out in a negative way, but like be like, Shimon can be an absolute dude. And we want him on the field as much as possible. So, you know, he's going to need to block. He's going to need to to run his routes, catch the ball. So he would be my guy offensively. And then defensively, I'll go Sammy Anderson. I thought he had an awesome camp. And, you know, they're, you know, teams are going to throw. They're not, there's no sauce gardener. They're going to share the love on who they target. I think, I think Chad had Sammy as well. Did he? Okay. I think he is, uh, I think he's prime to, to make a nice jump this year would you consider threats a candidate for that spot or no because he started all like not not to not for me he wasn't just because i mean we pretty much know his floor i'm looking to see how big of a jump he can take yeah um so yeah to me he wasn't really someone that i was thinking like i'd be thinking if i'm you know i'm thinking more of sammy justin harris uh you know, Eric Phillips, I know, Aaron, you mentioned Watley, Jack Dingle, like those are the, the, more so the guys. Jack Dingle would, Jack Dingle's a prime, like, breakout candidate. And he was also picked by the guy who made yeah. the original post, so. Yeah, so those, those, are my, those are my kind of, my guys were like, we know who they, we, we think we have a good idea that they're talented. They just haven't, you know had the opportunity to get the requisite number of snaps to really have a, have an answer one way or the other. So those you know, threats, I mean, that's played, I mean, maybe the most snaps of anybody on defense last year, outside of the games he got thrown out. I mean, he's probably right. didn't, didn't come off the field. So I, I can't, I can't really put him in that category. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's interesting because I, I think he had a good year, but I don't think, like, he had a starring role. So I could see if you wanted to include him in as, as, like, a breakout guy. If he goes from the role he had last year to defensive MVP, I think you could certainly consider that a breakout, right? That's yeah. a pretty massive jump. Oh, yeah. If he, if, yeah, that would, that would be a breakout. But, yeah, I'm certain I'm – because, yeah, I'm – I'm just looking at it a little bit differently, but I totally see that side of it. Um, yeah, I thought that was a, an interesting topic, and you know, stuff like that I think has its place on the on the nightcaps because we can have a little bit more freedom with those and and have a little bit more fun. For sure, absolutely. Um, um, you want to you want to talk about your mark and his comments today? Oh, I just think it's funny. Anybody that's like has Texas a, fans are big mad. Oh, of course they are. Because they're used uh, to they're used to being you know, the bully. 
being the bully, and especially when Dan Beebe was commissioner, I mean, I don't know this. It sounds like, you know, he's basically, you know, he would, you know, basically do whatever they wanted. So it's the shoes on the other foot now, and and you're leaving, and why do I need to, you know, kowtow to you? Right. Um, you know, and it's it's all in, like it's sports, man. It's fun. Like people just get uh, upset about it because they're not used to a commissioner just just being real, being like a real human, like just right. messing around. Like he's not hope, not legitimately hoping that like you know Texas is terrible or something like that. I mean, he's he's talking to a bunch of diehard Texas Tech fans. You know, it's right. like when when you go to the quarterback club of the SEC school. I mean, you're gonna play to your play to your audience a little bit. It's just, it's all it's all in good fun to me, at least. Like if it was, if he was, you know, if it was he, you know, commissioner or whatever, saying something about UC, I would just be like, oh, that's you know, it's just funny, whatever. It's not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, it's. Come on. Like, of course, everybody's going to have fun with Texas. Like, yeah, get over yourself. And that's why everybody is having fun at Tex- the expense of Texas. Yeah, because they're, they, they're mad about it. Right. I'd be like, I don't care. We're going to the SEC. Like, I would, you know, if I'm a Texas fan. Right. I'm obviously thinking we're going to go in there and do great. And why would it matter to me <laughs> what, what anybody's saying about you know, about us and the conference that we're leaving. Uh, I'd be like, I got bigger fish to fry. I'm not really worried about that. What are your thoughts on John Cunningham getting a raise and uh, a couple years tacked onto his contract? Well-deserved. You know, well-deserved. I think he's, he's done a more than fine job at steering <coughs> this this ship through, you know, people, Turbulent you know, I mean, the, the guy has, <laughs> I'm sure he's taken a vacation, but from starting during COVID to uh, starting right before COVID and then having to deal with COVID as it happened, yeah, I think it's harder than, because you think like, okay, all systems are go. We're pointed in this direction, and then the ship crashes into the rocks, and you have to, you know, yeah, man the hull, fix the, fix the oars, and get back out on the ocean. Yeah, you have that. You have a conference change. You have any coaching changes that you've had to do. You have a, you know, an, a, a the the Under Armour thing, and then signing a new apparel deal, like. The guy is in a in a very short amount of time. He has had some some big, you know, big bullet point things that he's had to deal with. I mean, you think of other ads like, yeah, you know, I'll just use Tennessee for example. You know, like Danny White has hired a football coach, didn't have to do anything with like the league, didn't have to do anything with uh, Nike, didn't have to do anything with Rick Barnes. Like, I mean, it's <laughs> he's he's had uh, a lot of Coaching changes, you know, the betting scandal. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, there's there's been a lot. So, yeah, I I think it's uh, it's well deserved. Uh, what do you say to the people that think it was kind of suspect that they didn't make a big deal out of it? I mean, 
I don't. Okay. Like, did, should we have like set off fireworks at Fountain Square? <laughs> I just, I mean, the, the guy probably didn't really think it was necessary. One and well, think about his past. He doesn't like, like, he just he's not a. And, and yeah, you can maybe say that you think your AD should be a guy that's a lot more front facing. But if you pay attention to AD hires, the way it typically goes is like front-facing loud guy, quiet compliance guy, front-facing loud guy, quiet compliance guy. And it's like offense defense, right? Like we hired an offensive-minded coach and that didn't work out. So now we got to go defense. Like it's that's not who he is. I I just like it's a it's a thing that I just don't un, like. It doesn't register to me as far as like, oh, I wonder why they didn't make more out of like, what's it? I don't understand what it matters. Right. Um, you know, the old, he signed a new, like, he got a new con, like, not everybody, I mean, it's not apples to apples, but like, not everybody like gets a promotion and instantly like updates their LinkedIn profile. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, some people it's just not a big deal too, and they are more than happy to just you know keep their head down, keep working. And well, here's the important part: Neville Pinto and the board of trustees are very happy with John Cunningham. Yeah. So uh, you may disagree with that, but that really doesn't matter because no. the people that are calling the shots are satisfied with the direction of the athletic department. I'm not really sure what you'd be dissatisfied with. Well, this hasn't won at a high level yet, and Scott Satterfield is in year one. So the the argument is you shouldn't be handing out raises and extensions if the two coaches that the two main coaches you've hired haven't proven it yet. Uh, you do if you have any inkling that maybe someone's trying to hire your ID. Or if you're happy with your AD's performance. Right. I mean, there's, there's, uh, yes, there is the, the front porch stuff. Like how is the football team and how is the basketball team doing? But there is a lot of things that go into, uh, athletic directory. Yeah. Especially after, you know, who he took over for. I'll just leave it at that. No comment. Um, <laughs> uh, Dante Corleone, first team All-American in the Associated Press. Uh, he has been on almost all of the All-American lists that have come out. Mason Fletcher has been on a bunch of them. I believe he was the only Big 12 All-American. I know he's the, the only Big 12 AP first team All-American. Dante? I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So a uh, a pretty cool honor and recognition for Dante as the Bearcats move into the Big yeah. Twelve. It's pretty funny if you clicked on like the actual press release, they listed everything that Dante and um, Mason have been like nominated for, and Dante's is just like wildly Everything. long and then at the bottom it says bruce feldman's freaks list which i thought was funny because that's like <laughs> not even like a you know bronco nagurski award or outland right. trophy like it's just a yeah. oh. 
And the freaks does, list has become a big deal. Maybe. It does kind of suck. Yeah, for Mason Fletcher, it does kind of suck that he's punting at the same time that Tory Taylor is at Iowa. Like, yeah. That, I mean, you can pencil him in right now. Unless he gets hurt, he's winning the Reg Eye Award. And if Fletcher does what we think Fletcher will do, then he'll be a finalist. Yeah, oh, yeah. But yeah, it's just like you, you're, you happen to be punting at the same time as like one of the most generational punters that's that's been around, you know, punted in the last 10 years in college football. Well, there was the punt god, but we don't talk about him anymore. Well, he was exonerated. Ah, okay. So we're allowed to talk about him again? I guess. I mean, yeah. <laughs> quite, quite an investigation done that found him to have no wrongdoing. Right. I don't know. I haven't paid any attention. Yeah. Oh, it's been several months, but. I know. Um, what else football you got? Anything else you want to talk about? Um, I didn't. I did notice uh, some interesting schedule quirks today. I don't know if they're going to mean anything to the season or not, but it is kind of funny that last year Louisville played Central Florida and Pitt, won both games on the backs of two really, really good defensive performances. Uh, And then UC obviously is going to play one because they're in the same conference, but has Pitt on the schedule. Just an interesting one where you don't typically have – that much familiarity like recent familiarity with a non-conference opponent you know unless you're in when you have a new staff come in right so they happened to play them last year and then Pitt's quarterback from last year Keaton Slovis is now at BYU so they'll have some familiarity with him obviously New offense, different system, right? New support, but you still will have an idea of like this is what worked against him last year. Mm-hmm. And then Pitt's new quarterback, Phil Dracovich, was Boston College's quarterback last year, and Louisville played them. So it's just, it's kind of just an odd, you know, it might not be worth a point, but it's just you don't plus, see that. plus back to back years against Orlando Tech, yeah. So Two you wins. don't, yeah, you don't have a lot of times where you're changing a conference and a and staff, changing the coach. and they have experience against players or teams that you're now playing from the year prior, right? That didn't coach in the conference that you're going to, right? That's what I mean. Like, yeah, <laughs> you're like, oh, we played Pitt last year, and we've we've played Pitt for all four years that we were at Louisville. I don't know if they played them all four years, but I'm sure they played them more than once. Well, I mean, they were, you know, regionally, it's kind of a rivalry. Yeah, but they're not in the same. They're not in the same. I think they were connected. They played quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know the the full-on breakdown. But, yeah, I mean, you don't have that too often where a guy transfer, two quarterbacks transfer from teams you played last year to teams you're playing this year. Right. Um, let's see. 2022, they played. We know that. 2021. Uh, they did not play Louisville in 2021. This is good. It's good radio right here. They played them in 2020. That was a 23-20 hit win 
uh, at Louisville. 2019 did not play. So maybe it was an every other year thing. Yeah. So they, that was their first year. But still a decent, a decent amount of familiarity. Yeah. And you're what, you know, they're going to have the tape where they've, you know, they've been watching their tape because they're scouting in a team that they played. Right. To see how Pitt, you know, how did Pitt beat this team? So, right. Uh, yeah, so just some interesting randoms that I noticed that you you don't really see a ton of in these type of situations. As we're rolling through all this stuff, we do want to welcome our newest sponsors of football season, Home Field Apparel. It's Home Field's can-miss kickoff, and it's here to make sure you are ready for the 2023 football season in style. Uh, you can get 15% off your first order with promo code BCJ23. Uh, they are debuting a bunch of new stuff. I don't know if Cincinnati is on this list of things that they're going to be uh, debuting new stuff for here in the next couple weeks. But uh, you can you can gobble up the UC collection. It is at homefieldapparel.com. There is a bunch of great stuff in there. A lot of great t-shirts, a quarter zip uh joggers uh the best hoodies that i own so you know this one this one is the, the second most comfortable hoodie i own but it's, it's good, the best man. looking hoodie that i own the gray home field is the most comfortable someone on a phone i was a video on my phone <laughs> That Lionel Messi guy. He did dedicated, a thing. Dedicated to the craft, Dave. I know. There you go. You're doing an ad read where you want to sit here and watch you. I, I would like to not have a video <laughs> audio playing from your phone during an ad read. Um, <laughs> but uh, homephotoapparel.com, enter BCJ23, uh, go to the Cincinnati collection and get yourself stocked up uh, <clears throat> for the whiteout. And for uh, the rest of the football season, it should be uh, it should be great. Sure, um, I'm glad we're not playing a game this weekend when it's nine thousand degrees out. Woo! <laughs> it's it's still I think it's right now it's saying like 86, 87 temperature wise. It's not one hundred five. Right. <laughs> and what it's supposed to the heat index is supposed to be one ten tomorrow. I might, I might have to stop and get one of those portable, like the fans. Just bring you a big jug of Turtles Brew down onto the field. Uh, I'm sure field. that'll go over well. Well, yeah, they'll be like, oh, you just well. got some sweet tea. <laughs> exactly. Nobody. It comes in. They said it comes in half gallon sweet tea jugs. Yeah, that's what I mean. So like, looks, yeah, I got some tea. <laughs> uh, any other odds and ends you want to get to, Dave? I mean, it's it's we're ten days away. From the 2023 season. Mm, no, there's no good games this weekend, but I'm still going to watch as many of them as I can. You don't you don't think Navy can take down Notre Dame? No, I don't. <laughs> Did Tyler Buckner win the Alabama they, job? They have not announced their starting quarterback yet. I mean, you can't you can't be taken seriously if that's your starting quarterback, right? I, I would I would think not. 
I I don't know. I've watched that guy play like five, six times. Uh, I watched him play once. That was enough. I never watched him. <laughs> I didn't need to watch him anymore. Well, I, you know, I kept up with Marcus. Marcus is a guy that I, I love. So I, I would have them on it from time to time. And my initial observation was that's not a guy you can. Uh, I mean, what? I mean, either. Uh, what's his name? Their offensive coordinator either did the best sell job ever to Saban or Jalen Milrow and whatever five-star freshman they have this year must just be terrible. Well, Tommy Reese is their OC, right? Yeah, that's why whose name I was escaping yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, he's stunk under Tommy Reese at Notre Dame. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested so, to see how Bama does this year with a very questionable quarterback situation and a new offensive coordinator. Um, but a, but a really that, good defense, that kid's gonna so. get eaten alive at Notre Dame or at Alabama. Yeah, yeah. But I, uh, oh, I, I think that's gonna go ugly. I do have one. I do have one football thing. Okay. This Sunday, 10 a.m. Season two, Bearcat brunch. You guys are going. You guys are going Sunday. Season season preview show. All right. Hayden Moore will be joining us. There you go. We'll be uh we'll be talking. Coach, you know. He lived. He lived the coaching transition. We're gonna talk some CFL. We're gonna talk some some Royal Links golf tours. I gotta find out if he's going over to Italy for the Ryder Cup in a month. Um, but yeah, we'll do an we'll do an hour on like you know big picture stuff. Not so much. You know, we'll talk to Hayden for probably about half the show, and then Jeff and I will talk. You know, some some big picture college football stuff. We'll leave the UC stuff to us on on Wednesday. But so here's the thing: George George in the Jungle is starting Tuesday as well next week. So you're you're gonna get something that the people have been asking for, which are little shorter form shows. You guys are aiming for an hour. George and Aaron are aiming for an hour. That might, depending on the Reds, that might be a 90-minute show, like, through the end of the Red season, just because there will be Red stuff to hit on along with UC and uh, the Bengals. Um, but you you guys have, have asked for a little bit shorter form on some of those shows. And uh, Sunday morning and Tuesday night, uh, the plan is to give you that. The the loyal the loyals know I will not go longer than an hour. I will. <laughs> you have gone longer. That show did not only go an hour. Um, I I ended more shows less than an hour than that went over an hour. I know, but there were still a couple <laughs> that weren't under an hour. Um, keep so, yeah. keep them very tight. You guys, you guys, the people have asked. Uh, we listen. Some of these shows are a little bit longer form, a little. A little more loosey goosey. Some of the Monday shows, dude. We've done two hours like regularly for the past month. I don't want to hear it. You guys did an almost three hour one last two week. Weeks ago, yeah. <laughs> Look, man, guests guests mess up the whole format. When we have a guest, next thing you know, it's it's who well, was the guest? Was Keegan. Keegan was new last. Oh, week. okay. That was the first time he had been on the BBP. Okay. So, yeah. Well, we like to talk. There's four of us instead of two. Like, when you have a conversation with four people, a conversation goes longer than a conversation with two people. 
I know. Because there's just, extra people that need to talk. I always just love when I queue it up for the first time. I'm like, how long? Two did it hours go? and forty three minutes. I'm like, how long did it go this time? Oh, I'll get through this by Wednesday. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. And if you don't get through it by Wednesday and we do Wednesday night, That's you're right. not listening to it on Thursday. No. <laughs> no, no. But uh no, we're kind of, like it's weird, like we have plenty of football stuff to talk about, but I don't want to talk about any of it right now because that's what next week is for. Who's who's your preseason national champion? Like, not like who is going to win the national championship? Like, like what? Michigan? Really? Michigan? You don't believe that. I mean, there hasn't been a three-peat since, what, the 30s? I mean, Georgia's defense is going to be, like, maybe better yeah. than the last two years. Yeah. But they have a sure. brand-new quarterback who is young, and right. we don't don't know anything about that. They have, they do have a pretty doggone easy schedule. Um, what was that? What? Some, there was, I think there was a demon that just jumped behind you. Oh, maybe a cat jumped from the. <laughs> the did it come like down? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they go up like on the shelves above our fridge and then jump from there onto the countertop. So that might yeah, have been it. Was, it. It, was an, it was an airborne, uh, Emmy <laughs> God looking uh, experience. Like <laughs> UFO? Yeah. It was strong. <laughs> um, but yeah, like. There's the teams at the top of college football this year have like there's the mainstays have big quarterback questions like Ohio State quarterback not sure on what's going to happen there uh, Georgia not sure what's going to happen there Alabama not sure what's going to happen there no we it's going to be Tyler Buckner and if you spell your name Buchner and you pronounce it Buckner I can't take you seriously. Yeah, so I mean, Michigan, like they're they're the the draft people are talking like they have a legit shot to break Georgia's draft record from last year. Really? Yeah. So what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> but I mean, but again, like it's it's I sound you know it seems foolish to pick against an SEC team given how things have gone of late but like i uh, if i'm picking georgia i just have an insane amount of blind faith in carson beck can usc win the national championship in the final year of the pac-12 do they only get to play offense i mean maybe then, yes, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but I think they still have to play defense, and I I don't think their defense can. The Pac-12 is actually going to be really damn good this year. Uh, yeah, I I don't think they can play good enough defense to run through there, then play like a Michigan or Georgia or Clemson, Ohio, whoever is in the Final Four. Um, the other three teams, I don't know. I mean, their defense. Wasn't really good last year, as we saw what Tulane did to him. Uh, and so I'm not sure how much better it'll be this year. Are any of the teams that they're going to play have Tajay Spears? 
<laughs> uh, no, but they have like Oregon has Bo Nix, Washington has Michael Penix. They've got good really quarterbacks, good quarterbacks and really good quarterbacks in the Pac-12 this year. Uh, I'll let you deal with this I, one. This is news to me. I don't. I'm not uh, Dave, familiar. what do you think about the CBS Sports report that the Big Ten and SEC told the Big Twelve? Not to get in the way of playoff expansion or else. What what would Why, they get, what in, would the they get in the way? I don't, I'm not, I don't know anything about this story. So I, I'm, I don't either. So this is not great for me to weigh in on because I don't know what it, the... Would it be Dennis Dodd? Like who who at CBS Sports is recording it? Here's, here's how we fix this. Richard Smiley, we'll do a nightcap on this. <laughs> but thank you for yeah. the donation. Send us a link and we'll do the nightcap on it. Yeah, I don't. I haven't seen anything about them. I, mean, I don't know what they would do to get in the way, so to speak. Like the only thing I would think is maybe like um, insisting that it be like the top six conference champions instead of just the twelve best teams. I, but it has to be unanimous, so it wouldn't be the Big Twelve getting in the way. Like all the other conferences um, are not going to vote for the twelve best. That's the thing. Is like you think. The Conference USA rep and Micah Rusco, and that the, they're going to vote for right. the twelve best. So I guess they could just flex their muscles and say, "Do it, you know, shut up and do what we tell you." I mean, they're going to the Big Twelve feels like they're the third best conference, so they're going to want the same thing that <coughs> the the Big Ten and. Yeah. Well, not if it's the twelve best teams. No, but no, that's the thing is nobody else is going to vote for that. Yeah, but who else has votes that matter? Like the A five can do whatever the hell they want, essentially. Right. But then you're gonna you try then you like you get to go pretty far down the rabbit hole, but like you 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 run the risk of getting the Department of Justice involved. Right. So, but no, unfortunately, I'm not. I haven't like seen an article or read anything about like to to, to really comment on the, the backstory and and what it is that the Big Twelve would would be doing against what the Big Ten and SEC want to do. Um, nothing really basketball related going on right now. We talked the relevant recruiting stuff uh, on the BBP on Monday. Um, they're, they're back on campus. Workouts started on Monday. I'm sure as we get through the next couple of weeks, there'll be some some info that starts trickling out and uh, still not allowed to go watch workouts, which is, it, it makes me want to run my head through a wall. But I guess in like another month, once we get to the end of September, I'll be allowed to go to practice again, which will be super I got one for you. Explain to me how this even works. LSU star defensive tackle Mason Smith will not play against Florida State. The NCAA has suspended him for the first game after determining he received an improper benefit. And David Ubbin from The Athletic tweeted, goes straight up, I don't know how this is even possible anymore in the NLI era. Like, what can he receive that's improper? I guess what it, it would have to be tied to like the university 
um, being behind it. I get right. I guess. Like, I mean, unless they like they the university's that... not supposed to have their hand in the cookie jar, so to speak. I mean, I guess I I didn't click the article, so maybe, but like an improper benefit, I guess, could have something to do with academics. I guess maybe. I don't know. It's just yeah. funny. Like, we don't. <laughs> how are you suspending guys for improper benefits when they can be paid? So yeah, I'm not, and that's a big loss. I mean, he's one of their best defensive players, and Florida State's pretty damn good. Um, it wasn't CBS Sports that did the report. It was Joe Tillery from Heartland College Sports, who I've never heard of. According to a recent report from the New York Post's Ryan, I can't say your last name. Sources claim that, Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it looks like that Heartland Sports was in response to the New York Post's yeah. article. Yeah. Um. I mean, this yeah, is the guy that's writing an opinion. Like, I don't know. That seems like a bunch of conjecture. Right. Um, like, if you don't do what we say, then, you know, we're going to, like... I, Hack 12 you. Okay, how? Like, okay. What okay. we're discussing right now is the article that Richard Smiley was asking about, yeah. Uh, about yeah. the CBS Sports Report. Just catching everybody up who's listening. It, the, the, it was a little little, little jumping around. Yeah. So, no, I mean... We that sounds like it came from somebody in the SEC. That's like Greg Sankey. We we want all of this to happen. If anybody says no, we're going to crush them like a bug. Yeah, Greg like, Sankey. I'm like a, you got. Apparently they've they're apparently the playoff committee or whoever's doing the negotiations. It sounds like they're they have the same value. They feel like they have the same value that Pac-12 did because there's nowhere near a TV deal. <laughs> for, for the new playoff because I guess they're asking right. for like a trillion dollars or something. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Alright, I don't have a whole lot else, do you? Uh, SMU to the ACC, I guess, maybe? Sure. SMU, Stanford, and Cal? Like, the, the Pac-12 is officially dead? What Your maybe. thoughts on SMU not taking any media rights money for Seven years. I mean, what did I say? The uh, couple, it's been a couple of weeks, but uh, sure, why not? That's my that's my line on expansion at this point. Yeah, sure, why not? You know, I think it's funny that they went into a. I won't say power. I'll say better conference than the AAC, and are willing to give up money for seven years knowing full well that as soon as florida state can get out they're going to get out right <clears throat> and maybe make one aac football championship game first guys like <laughs> yeah I, lo I love it once they get in all of their donors will start giving tons and tons of money to why weren't you giving it before when you were in a much worse conference right so that you could be winning games and then be way more attractive to the Big 12 when they decided to expand. I don't know. 
it feels like a very Dallas SMU thing to do. Um, you know, it'll be interesting. We don't need we don't need your TV money. It'll be interesting. Just it, you know, talk about like being on an island. <clears throat> yeah. Well, yeah, because like at least Stanford and Cal will have each other. Who will SMU have in in the deep in the heart of Texas? Well, like I said, sure. Why not? <laughs> All right. Well, next week is our uh, preseason season preview extravaganza. Do, do you want to have it? Should we have a guest, or do you want to like just me and you? Do we do we get a a media dignitary uh, 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 to join ex- us? Uh, college football expert. Who would be the college football expert? Who you, who you want? I don't know. I don't know. Aaron's the producer of this show. Like, Aaron, you got a week to get us a college football expert. <laughs> uh, Dan Wetzel. Okay, yeah, we'll just hit Dan up and then just he'll... Tell him, uh, he'll tell him uh, next time I'm up in Detroit, I'll deliver him some Cincy Light if he comes. Okay. I think I, I think I, I think Thamel got me Dan Wetzel last time. Pete yeah. is significantly more busy now than he was uh, when we used to dabble in those waters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 maybe I'll shoot Dan. Maybe. Ooh. 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 Maybe we'll get Big Twelve regional reporter Justin Williams. Oh. Yeah. If he can find the time. Hey, he's busy. If he's not on a plane, like, he's more busy than Dan Simon these days. Well, yeah, Dan Simon, his work's done. Right? He was at, he was at higher ground last week. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. All right. That's going to wrap it up. We will, uh, we will see you next week for the season preview show. Justin, if you're out there, we'd love to have you. The BCJ podcast brought to you by the Holy Grail and Turtles Brew and Team Ticker and Home Field Apparel right here on BearcatJournal.com.